Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. All right. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my name is uh, Jacob Range. I, I have the honor of delivering God's word to us um, uh, this morning, today. Uh, this is not just for you, it is for me as well. And I'm um, just excited to hear from, from God's word, especially in the new year here, uh, 2023. Uh, so um, you, can, you can begin turning in your Bibles to the book of Philippians, uh, get ready uh, for that. Um, and this morning, we'll be looking at a New Year's prayer, um, advancing the gospel and growing in love. Uh, now, as we start our, our new year, um, uh, I, for one, have never necessarily been one to make New Year's resolutions. Um, uh, sure, there's something always maybe I, I want to change or improve on, um, you know, but I don't really think I've ever seriously uh, uh, taken, taken seriously the tradition of New Year's resolutions. Um, so now this morning, um, you know, uh, I, I, it's not really a practical how to do better this year, um, nor is it really anything against um, New Year's uh, resolutions. Uh, rather, I want us to open up God's word uh, and just see what Paul has to say, or better put, pray, um, over to the Philippians, what Paul prays to the Philippians. And I'm wondering um, if we can take that um, and really, uh, truly let it impact our lives for 2023. Um, so if you would, uh, please stand with me as we honor uh, the reading of God's word. We'll be in Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 11. This is God's word. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right of me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Listen, and I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you waiting to hear from you. And Lord, uh, we pray that you speak to us through your word. Lord, would it not return void? Would it soften our hearts? Would we receive just encouragement and be equipped through your word? Lord, we love you and we praise you. We pray all this in your name. You may be seated. 
Well, first we'll do a quick intro to Philippians and, and cover Paul's greeting. Um, we've been spending a lot of time in, in 1 Corinthians, and so um, I'm going to start working through the uh, book of Philippians. So I want to do a little bit of an intro. Um, Paul starts out here saying, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Philippians is one of Paul's prison letters. Uh, from the name, you can come to the conclusion that, yes, Paul wrote this while he was uh, in prison, during his Roman imprisonment, probably around AD 60. Uh, Paul makes mention of his imprisonment uh, several times throughout the letter. Uh, this is important, uh, and this is one of the reasons why he even wrote to the Philippians. They had such a close relationship that practically, he really just wanted to write to the Philippians to tell them how he was doing uh, in, in his in his imprisonment. Um, he personally wanted to reach out to them and let them know. Further, he wanted to encourage them uh, in their partnership in the gospel and exhort them to walk worthy uh, in the gospel. This is really significant because the Philippians deeply cared um, about Paul and the gospel ministry. Uh, the church at Philippi contributed to Paul's ministry personally. They did this by financially supporting him. Uh, they certainly labored in prayer for him. Uh, they even sent, them, sent him one of their own members, Epaphroditus, uh, to help Paul in Rome. They sent one of their own people all the way to Paul to help him in his, his imprisonment. The church deeply, uh, was deeply committed to Paul and actively participated in the ministry. And thus, the letter to the Philippians has effectually been called the letter of friendship. Uh, they, they really just cared about each other. They had a friendship uh, with each other. And it was a deep friendship, and we'll learn more about that. But this is known affectionately as the letter of friendship. Not only did the church care deeply for Paul, but of course, Paul mutually cared for them. Uh, Philippi represents the first church that Paul planted in Europe on his second missionary journey. And that's found in Acts chapter uh, 16. So Paul has personal care, connection, um, and relationship to this church. Uh, Paul, of course, calls himself a servant or literally a slave of Christ Jesus. This is not uncommon to Paul um, in his letters. He constantly makes mention of this. Um, and the concept can be understood as one who was enslaved, but then was redeemed. He was set free by a money payment, and then the one who was set free then became devoted to the one who set them free. Um, it can also express really just a, a, the humble service of a Christian leader, uh, but even greater here, uh, what Paul may be telling us um, and how we can understand this is that Paul is expressing how God instrumentally and authoritatively used him um, in his ministry um, uh, Paul, uh, God worked through Paul. Uh, we should know that, uh, the, that Paul does not make mention of his status as an apostle, namely because the church at Philippi, uh, they, they didn't even question his apostleship. They, they really truly uh, lovingly respected him um, and cared about him. He didn't have to argue for his apostleship uh, to them. Um, so Paul, um, the servant of Christ Jesus, writes to the saints who are in Philippi. 
Um, And today we're going to look at this prayer that Paul opens his letter with, um, and hopefully we will find three main points to take away. First, that would be grow in gospel relationships. Second, grow in God's work. And third, grow in love. I've been taking notes from Pastor Steve, like, grow, grow, grow. Let me see that. I've been under his uh, pastoring and preaching for a while, so I thought that would be appreciated. So, so grow in gospel relationships, grow in God's work, and grow in love. Um, in verse 3, we read, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, you all, y'all, uh, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Um, Paul uh, and the Philippian church, they had a meaningful relationship. Um, And this relationship centered around the gospel. Um, Each member of the body, everybody, actively joined in caring for each other, uh, caring for Paul and caring about the gospel. Uh, Paul pervasively uses these words all uh, and every, uh, making it clear that he's leaving nobody out. Um, Everybody, all of the members of the church took part in this gospel partnership. Um, Paul not only gives thanks to God for the remembrance of all that has been done, but also thanks God for their continued partnership. This is seen when when Paul says, from the first day until now. Um, Not only does this partnership exist uh, by the Philippians' support of Paul, not just merely their support, but further, Paul's focus on the gospel, paired with his comment of the first day until now, shows that he is stressing their participation in advancing the gospel. So not only were they supporting Paul and his ministry, Um, But further, they were active in their own local gospel participation. Uh, Well then, what is this participation uh, that Paul is speaking of? So the Greek word here, uh, partnership, um, is the Greek word koinonia. Um, And this is really meaning just that partnership or fellowship. Translations vary. We see in the New Testament participation, uh, fellowship, partnership. Uh, Paul uses these words a lot throughout all of his letters. It's, it's central, it's crucial, really, to the gospel. Um, and it communicates a sense of communion. Um, even when Paul speaks of taking the Lord's Supper, the communion, we see that there, that's koinonia. Um, this, this communion, this common union between all parties that unites them. Uh, it communicates contribution whether that be financially um, or just a gift. Uh, And ultimately, it communicates fellowship, resulting in a close, mutual relationship, a participation, a sharing in. Uh, In Romans 15, 26, we read uh, uh, Paul speaking to the Romans, because Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Uh, Paul was making a journey to Jerusalem uh, because some of the other churches were collecting an offering for the poor uh, and the suffering Christians in Jerusalem. So all the church spread throughout the regions 
gathered together to take up an offering. This was koinonia. In 2 Corinthians 9.13, we read, because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel and your generosity, koinonia, in sharing with them and everyone. We have koinonia uh, with other believers as we share and give financially to those who need uh, in light of the gospel. Hebrews 13, 16 says, do not neglect to do what is good and to share, koinonia, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship, koinonia, with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 1, 2 through 3, life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you that eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us what we have seen, what we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. Koinonia. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Ultimately, we have fellowship, koinonia, with God in Jesus Christ, the Son. This means that we share. We have a part, a participation in God's life. In Christ, God lives with us, and we can live with God. So what does this mean? What does it mean to grow in gospel relationships? Here at FBC, this means to recognize that we already share in this gospel partnership with each other. So present reality, this is here. This is part of us. This is part of the church. We have this gospel koinonia, this fellowship, this partnership Um, And the bottom line is we need each other. Just like Paul needed the Philippian church and the Philippian church needed Paul, in Christ, we are united and we share a common unity, which means that we care for each other physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But the good news of the gospel means that we do not keep this to ourselves. We have a gospel relationship with each other, fellowship, but also we have a gospel responsibility to share with those who do not know Jesus. This fellowship with God that we have needs to be shared with the rest of LaGrange. For example, students, um, what would happen if out of the overflow uh, from God's loving fellowship with you, you then love your friends uh, begin uh, uh, to, to develop relationships with them, begin to invite them into God's own fellowship. Um, and as our students, the church, our students of FBC, y'all begin working together uh, to love your friends and grow gospel relationships. I mean, this, this starts just in common places. It starts, as, starts in the halls uh, in the locker rooms, on the field, on the courts, um, on, the, on the benches, conversations, um, being with your friends, meeting them where they are, um, and uh, being intentional about loving them and leading them to Jesus. Uh, so then, let us not only grow our gospel fellowship here uh, in our body, um, but further, let us take this gospel and advance gospel relationships in the Grange. So not only must we grow gospel relationships, but we must also, second, grow in God's good work. 
verses six through seven, Paul says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me and grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So Paul has confidence. God who started a good work in the church will bring it to completion. Not only does Paul give thanks to God specifically for uh, their gospel partnership, but in wider context, Paul praises God for his good work. Um, uh, And Paul has assurance that God's work of salvation and redemption in the Philippians' personal life will be made complete. To be sure, in the church, there was disunity. Um, There was false teaching. There was suffering for the gospel that the Philippians faced. This was something that they needed to hear. Uh, And Paul, he points the church to God's greater work of redemption and grace. And with confidence, he exhorts the Philippians to persevere and to rest in God's faithfulness. Um, The the Greek word epitalese here, when Paul says, will complete it, uh, will perfect it, that's a future active, future active both. Um, So so there is a, a future hope. This is an assurance. The good news of the gospel is God's good work, and he will complete what he has started. This future hope of God's good work being made complete, enables and encourages the relationship between Paul and the Philippians as they are partners in grace. The God who started a good work will perfect it. And in the process, they were active partners in grace, growing in God's good work. So it should be noted that the Philippians entered by suffering with Paul in his afflictions and his imprisonment. They weren't physically there with him, but they entered into that with him, right? Paul and the Philippians labored for the gospel and entered into suffering together. The church did not leave Paul alone, if I can say it like that. Hebrews 13, one through three says, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality and remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them and the mistreated as though you were suffering bodily. You see, our partnership and fellowship is marked by genuine care and love. We rejoice together and we suffer together, grow in God's good work. We read in Colossians 1.28, we proclaim him warning and teaching everybody with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature or complete in Christ. Just as God will complete his good work, we should join him in that completion to bring about his completion. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, let us hold onto the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, God has started his good work of redemption and grace in you, and he will perfect it. And this is really what true fellowship is, growing in God's good work together, advancing 
the gospel together, praying diligently together, giving financially for the sake of the gospel. We do all these together. Uh, Students, again, uh, specifically, I want to say, uh, please realize that God has started a good work in you. Um, Remind yourself of that daily. Remind yourself of this good work. Life is full of challenges. It's full of highs and lows, disappointments, hardships, and hard work. Um, And as you work your way through high school, Um, As you start thinking about college, careers, making decisions, figuring life out, um, through it all, you must remember this main thing, that God is in the process of completing and perfecting his good work in you. And that means he has a purpose for your life. So don't neglect it, rather grow in it. So not only do we grow in gospel relationships and we grow in God's good work, uh, but finally, we grow in love. In verse 9 through uh, 11, Paul says, And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul gives a big conclusion uh, to the opening of his letter, and he makes it clear that he is praying specifically for their love. Paul prays that their love will grow in two ways, in both knowledge and discernment. So first, knowledge Uh, This is the understanding of spiritual truth. Uh, Biblically speaking, this is rightly knowing God. Um, Paul prays elsewhere uh, in Ephesians 3 uh, that we, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, and the depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. See, grow, uh, grow in spiritual knowledge and know God and know his love for you. And second, Paul mentions discernment. This is the idea of wisdom, uh, being able to distinguish what is right uh, by using the word of God. Uh, this corresponds to what Paul says uh, in uh, Hebrews 5.14, solid food is for the mature for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. So Paul's encouragement is that their love grows in a deeper knowledge and in wisdom being able to discern. So Paul gives us a big so that, right? So that you may approve the things that are superior. This big so that, uh, meaning our love Growing in knowledge and discernment is supposed to accomplish something. Uh, In other words, the main idea Paul is saying is that your discernment leads to practice. It leads to doing. Uh, To approve or discern uh, means to put to the test. Actively searching, actively testing the things that are absolutely best, that are supreme, superior, most excellent This is not simply uh, preferring good over evil 
or, or knowing right over wrong, um, not merely those things, but rather choosing what is best, the superior among the good things. Paul concludes uh, with purity and blamelessness that we might show ourselves approved and faithful, full of fruit and persevering to the end. This term that Paul, uh, this term that Paul and other New Testament writers use, the day or the day of Christ, is our looking forward to and our waiting of his second coming. Uh, this is an eschatological consummation, uh, the redemption of all things in Christ. Let us grow in love. Paul says in Ephesians 4, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness and speaking the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into him who is our head, Christ. Romans 2.18, Paul's, uh, he's speaking to the Jews because they have the Old Testament. I mean, he says, you know his will and you approve the things that are superior being instructed by the law. Of course, he's, he's kind of reprimanding them at this point because they have the Old Testament. They know his will. They know the things that are superior. Um, later, of course, Paul will go on to say in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, Dwell on these things. So then, let us grow in love to the end of approving what is superior. Now, parents, uh, what is superior for your children? This is something we all wrestle with, struggle with. Um, How you love them, how you lead them, what you allow them to do. Test the things that you allow in your children's life. See that they are superior honoring to Christ, and advancing the gospel. Uh, Students, just super practical, uh, don't follow the crowd. Just really simple. Don't follow the crowd. Don't let all the worldly things that your friends are doing, um, uh, don't let all the worldly things that your friend are doing uh, move into your life. Um, Rather, by growing in love, being in the world, but not of it, Approve the things that are superior in your life. That's going to look different than your friends who don't know Jesus. Approve the things that are most excellent in life uh, that, that nurture your relationship with Jesus. Now, this doesn't mean that you abandon everything that's not spiritual, uh, but it does mean that in your heart and with the scriptures, uh, you examine and test all things and approve the superior Uh, Students, seek to honor Jesus in all that you do. So ultimately, as a church, let us grow in gospel relationships, fostering our own gospel fellowship and growing in our own partnership and advancing the gospel here. Next, let us grow in God's good work, being encouraged and strengthened by knowing that God will complete what he has started with us 
And finally, let us grow in love. We must have love. But love is never without truth. So let us examine, let us test all things so that we will be a people uh, uh, that approve that which is superior in life. The worship team, they could make their way up um, and begin playing. Um, Well, uh, it's really becoming more and more apparent uh, and accepted that the tradition of New Year's resolutions really just do not last. I mean, the statistics are all over the place, um, and it's hard really to get any hard numbers. Uh, but it's safe to say that really by the time February comes around, um, every, most everybody uh, has either given up, and they started to give up, or they've just been uh, flat out defeated by, by the goals that they set in the new year. Uh, well, interestingly, uh, in efforts to have successful change, it's becoming more and more popular Uh, and commonly suggested, to find a group of people who have a similar New Year's resolution uh, and to work on it together instead of alone. When you have a group of people united around the same purpose or goal, naturally your commitment increases. You have help and you find more success. Uh, Now this morning's goal is not to follow some cliche uh, New Year's tradition. However, um, let us take some time and come before Jesus and let us say, Lord, you, you take my life and make it be all that you want it to be. Uh, and this year, as a church, uh, we might join together then in advancing the gospel and growing in love. Maybe today, uh, God is at work in your life uh, to be united to First Baptist Church, just like we saw in the text this morning. Fellowship, united. Um, United with us here at First Baptist Church of the Grange. Maybe you're not a member um, and God is calling you to take those next steps, to come here, be with us, and join our fellowship, our partnership in the gospel. Or maybe you're already a part of our body here at first and and you're thinking, this year is the year that I stop the status quo of my life. And I take my fellowship and my partnership in the gospel to that next level. Um, and And I do that, do that with my church, partnering in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe today uh, the Holy Spirit is speaking and reminding you really to approve the superior things in life. Uh, uh, Maybe your life is filled with bitterness. Maybe it might even be filled with idolatry or somewhat lesser, maybe you're just living a, a good life. But this year, starting today, as God's word says, it would be the superior things in Christ that you begin approving in your life. And finally, uh, I mean, maybe this whole thing, um, fellowship with God, partnership in the gospel uh, is something you just do not have. Uh, Relationship with Jesus sounds so foreign to you. You've never heard of these things or just separation from God and, not fellowship, yes fellowship, having fellowship, not having fellowship, what is all of this? And maybe you don't have fellowship with God. Maybe you don't have the mission and purpose of partnership in the gospel because you have no fellowship. Uh, Well, we would be 
more than happy to come up front and uh, talk with you about that. But now, as we start the new year, please take, take some time. Um, meet with Jesus. Think, pray. Take some moments here, uh, right where you're at, at the seat, or you're more than welcome to come up to the altar, um, and let's just meet with Jesus.